Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Joe and Joe Weather Show on this Sunday morning, the 5th of December. The Joe and Joe Weather Show brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware at 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, New York. And the phone number there is 631-756-1125 for the best prices in town on Rock Salt, the best prices anywhere in the New York City Tri-State area and beyond. And they've got plenty of Rock Salt, to plenty of Pelado, plenty of bag ice pellets and flakes, and plenty of everything else that you might need to get you through this winter. 631-756-1125. And the website is omnitruevalue.com. So here we are, Mr. Rayo, on this Sunday morning. I have to ask you. Yeah. I have to ask you. Um, you're, you're you're making your second passage through the Drake Passage, and you know I was thinking about this yesterday before I read your post, and I thought, you know, <clears throat> he said it wasn't that bad going through. Maybe it would have been fun to to be part of this, and you know, take take the boat ride and all the rest of it. And then I read about what you went through yesterday and the onion soup. And I was like, no, I'm no, I'm not doing that. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. That onion soup, I've, I've had onion soup in, many times before. That soup I had yesterday for lunch was the best onion soup I've ever had. Uh, and I went back for seconds. And just see, the thing is that yesterday into last evening, it was it was so rough out there that every time we hit uh, a very heavy wave or swell, the whole ship would shake. I mean, I've never experienced a Richter six earthquake before, but that probably was what it was what what it is like. So here I am with my soup, and all of a sudden we hit one of these giant waves. The whole ship shakes. I almost fell on the floor. Some of the soup landed on my shirt. And I'm right next to me is this woman waiting online for the soup. And I turned to her and I said, excuse me, madame, it appears that the soup is on me today. Oh, lovely. <laughs> oh. oh, dear. Did she get it? But uh, it, it, it's, it's been, it's been, uh, been interesting. She didn't get oh, the, the joke. Did she get the joke? It, it depends, well, it depends on whether she's French or whether or not she's English. Or whether she I mean, has a sense of, of or whether she has a sense of humor. Well, she had a mask on, so I can't see whether or not she smiled or not. Ah. Um, very, very stringent about masks here. I, I, in fact, we just heard this morning that there was a Norwegian cruise line that uh, returned from Brazil and uh, other places in South America. Three thousand people on that cruise, and uh, ten people have been tested and have been found to have COVID. Uh, but they've been doing a lot of uh, testing and uh, also, you know, very strict on on masks here. So now we don't have three thousand people on this ship, Joe. We, how many people do you think there um, are total? Well, no. there were supposed to be around two hundred, but um, we they wound up with one hundred and fifty eight. Okay. So because a lot of people, I, either they dropped out in the last minute. Um, I heard that there were some flights that were delayed. Um, I heard also, of course, we had the experience too ourselves that um, the difficulty of um, what the Chilean government makes you go through to 
to um, get into this country with all the passes and information that they want. And some people didn't perhaps understand that not only did you need the mobility pass, but you needed a special vaccination pass and you had to complete the final steps for it um, within, I think, 24 to 48 hours for that to get into the country. So you, you needed an awful lot of stuff. And plus you needed insurance. Right. Um, they want to make sure that you had to pay insurance. You want to make sure that if you do get sick, that um, you don't become their responsibility. You are covered by insurance. So, um, which is a good thing. That's fine, you know. But um, anyway, so it, it was tough um, going through all the steps and procedures to get here. And everyone was, was of course, tested before they left um, home within 72 hours of boarding the plane. And um, when we got to the airport, we were tested again. But before we got onto the ship, we were tested again. And um, every five days we have to be tested. So we were tested this, everyone on the ship was tested this morning. Um, you know, they're, they're doing everything in their power to make sure that um, nobody gets sick or spreads anything around or they catch it in time and so forth. By the way, what happens now, now you're going to be, <clears throat> you're going to, you're on your way back. In, in no, 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 I know what I mean. In general, in general, you're on, you've got another, you have this next leg of your trip. You're going to Antarctica. Then you're going to be headed back to um, Santiago, Chile. Da, da, da. Uh, but my question is, and I'm not, you know, God forbid you, you wind up. What happens if you wind up testing positive? And you, you I mean, are they going to let you out of the country? Well, what happens is if you test positive on the ship, that you immediately go into quarantine. Okay. And uh, that's that. And we get tested, in, by the way, in another five days. And we'll get tested on the ship uh, within 24 hours or of, of us boarding the plane home. Now, if you get, let's say, the, that last test, somebody should happen to test positive, then they have to quarantine in a hotel somewhere. And the Chilean government then comes, gets involved, and um, they make sure that you quarantine. And then they test you, I guess, so that you can eventually leave the country. Uh, on your dime, right? On, on your dime. Um, I, um, no, that's what the insurance is for. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Okay. That's okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. God, it's, you know what? It's so, it's so, it's going to become so ridiculously complicated to travel anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, 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 it's, uh, I'm, it's such that's a That's simply why, you know, I, I, you know, we, we're, we're, we're college grads and we know how to work the computer most of the time. Right. And, um, we had difficulty you know, with, with with filling everything out and going through the hoops and so forth. Uh, hoops for some hoops. reason, Joe, for some reason, they, they are asking, the Chilean government is having us um, tell them on a daily basis uh, what is happening here and that they... They, they, have, told, they have a run through of questions. They want to know if you have any of the symptoms. Right. And you're supposed to uh, uh, put that online now what happens if a lot of these folks are older they don't have uh necessarily have cell phones or if they do they don't know how to um you know put an app on a phone or or pick up the internet or something like that 
um, or even, you know, I'm going to have to work a computer or something. Uh, <laughs> no, I hear you. Uh, God bless those old people. And so, for whatever reason, Joe, my, my uh, question, my daily questionnaire is in Spanish. But, and hers is in English, no, but no, you but can, we, but you can, but you can change it over to English yes. or flip it over to English. But I mean, it's it's so arcane. The whole, the whole, just to get here. Um, I spoke with one woman the other day, one of the passengers about this, about the Chile asking for daily update as to your condition, and she said, you know, I've told them everything I need to tell them, including the state of my firstborn child. Uh, huh. They they ha they know everything about me. They don't, and I, she said, I'm not going to give them any more. They, 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 I just, I'm, I'm tired of it. And uh, it, it is, it, it, it can really wear you down. I mean, it's so much different. And of course, it's probably due to COVID, but it's so much different than when we last came to this part of the world, not Antarctica, but we went to Chile in 1986 uh, for Halley's Comet. And then it was just like, boom, 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 boom. We were in, and that was that. But with this, they they have put up a, a almost like a wall. It almost seems like they don't want you to come. They're trying to trap you into, uh, you know, oh, you did not do this. You know, uh, right. we we cannot let you in. But it's it. We're here. We're on the ship. We've been bouncing up and down. We had winds last night, Joe, approaching sixty knots. Oh. Can you imagine being on a ship? No. At sea at sixty knots. I no. Don't I like. cannot. <laughs> I don't want to imagine it. <laughs> All right, so you haven't we, we you know we haven't talked since uh, I think Thursday was the last time we were on. So um the uh the eclipse, you know, you uh, had said that you know, climo down there 90% of the time it's overcast and well, climo played according to <laughs> according to plan. Uh let me tell you something though. Let me tell you something for for the first for, on on Thursday and Friday, we had brilliantly sunny skies. In fact, I posted on my oh, Facebook I know, page and, and, and that must have made you, and, and that must have at least made you hopeful that you'd be, you'd have you'd have a decent uh, shot of knew, viewing the eclipse. We knew that right. Well, we knew that there was a cloud system approaching from the west for Saturday morning, and so uh, we discussed this with uh, the captain, a great captain, Captain Garcia. And uh, he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go, we're not, we're not going to stay on the center of the eclipse track. We're going to go a bit to the east, and then we're going to start moving south because it was felt that most of the uh, system would pass off to the west and north of us to avoid the cloud cover. But then on Friday night, we were in the clouds and looking at the satellite picture, uh, satellite loops, we noticed that there were some thin spots here and a break or two there. So we made the decision to actually turn around and go into the cloud mass in hopes that we would be able to get into an area where we, we'd hit a few breaks. However, as the air cooled in the after midnight hours, uh, we noticed that the clouds actually got thicker and the ceiling got lower. And by the time we got out at three o'clock in the morning on Saturday to watch what we could of the eclipse, we had a solid overcast and the, the overcast was measured at uh, about 500 meters or about 1,500 feet above our heads. Right. So it was solid. There was no, there was no holes. Or, it was like you took, if you were, if you were spreading the cloud cover across the sky with a with a butter knife, everything was homogenous. I mean, you looked in all directions, and it was just flat gray everywhere that you looked. So 
this was the first time in 13 times that I've chased one of these things down, uh, solar eclipse. Uh, this is the first time that I didn't see anything of the sun from the very start to the very end. And as we got to the uh, point where we were approaching total, it was very much like somebody who began turning down a rheostat or a dimmer switch. You saw that the light was beginning to fall. It fell very rapidly in the final 30 seconds before totality. Then it dropped off. It got dark. Uh, we sat there in darkness for about 97 seconds. And then as soon as the uh, totality phase was over and the shadow began to move off, the uh, darkness began to lift. It got bright rather quickly. I think it got bright quicker than it did getting dark going into totality, but it very quickly got light. And Joe, you never saw, here we are, the entire ship for the most part, on the heliport, which was right at the front of the ship at the stern. The captain had aimed the ship toward the sun. And so there we were out there, all of us, uh, waiting and watching for totality uh, in temperatures that were right around freezing, but the wind chill made it feel like probably it was like, like 20 degrees. Thankfully, they, they, they set up a little thing in, just inside where they had, you know, cake, cookies, hot chocolate, and the hot chocolate was, was delicious. But within two minutes after the totality had ended, everybody pretty much scurried inside and headed back to their cabins because what, was more, what, what more was there to see? I mean, it was just right. still cloudy, dreary sky that we had. So, I mean, we did experience it. We did see the, uh, the darkness come. It came through. It left. And uh, after that, it was uh, local time here. It was about 4.15, 4.20 in the morning. And uh, I was surprised that you were, you know, I was inside an hour later typing out uh, a report for space.com and other things, and up you popped on the screen uh, on Facebook. And I said, my God, he's still awake. And for you, what, three or four in the morning, but I guess it was because, again, you weren't feeling good or you- Yeah, you, no, my, you whole sl <clears throat> my whole sleep pattern is, is th totally thrown off. Uh, I, I, uh, you know, I, I, yesterday, for example, <clears throat> I started spiking a fever around five or six o'clock in the evening. So I'm laying on the couch and all I wanna do is go to bed. So if I go do that at six or seven o'clock, then I'll sleep for about five hours, and then I'll wake, be I'll, I'll wake up wide awake, feeling as if I've slept the whole night. When in reality, I've only slept like a couple of hours or so. And I go out in the in, in the kitchen. I look at the clock, and it says, you know, eleven forty-five Eastern time, uh, PM, and I'm not AM the next day. So yeah, I, I had one of those nights where I just, well, Friday. Uh, Friday night, what happened was my um, uh, the the antibiotic course of um, augmentin that they had given me had finally kicked in. So I was I had spiked a fever to just about 103 uh, at about 9:30 in the evening, and then my temperature dropped like my body temp dropped like two and a half degrees in 45 minutes. So I was down to like a hundred and a half. It's like, oh, they felt so much better. But all that, you know, up and down, back and forth, temperature swings on your on uh on my on your body just it takes takes its toll. Uh you're either wide awake or you you feel like you're dead to the world. Right now I'm in one of those spots where I'm sort of half half awake. 
Well, we hope that uh, your your recovery continues. Uh, it it sounds that like we said we were talking to you before we came on uh, that uh, you know beforehand you you must have been really this must have been building inside of you for the last week or two and uh, or a month or month or two. Uh, it's been over a month. This started at the I mean that I physically started. I actually hadn't felt right for even going back to October. I kept complaining about the fact that I would you know, just feel like I was losing energy in the late afternoon and evening for some reason. You know, you, if you get up at four o'clock in the morning and you're over six, the age of 60, you start to think that, well, yeah, maybe you're tired because you got up at four o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, all through the month, <clears throat> all through the month of November, there was stuff going on that I just didn't feel right. But I never, I never thought to look at it. Never thought to for uh, that appendicitis was the uh, was the culprit here. So, all right, uh, you are going kayaking, Mrs. Rayo, and you are not going kayak jo kayaking, Joe Rayo, because now you're on your next leg of your journey, which is you actually get to disembark in Antarctica. The North Antarctic Peninsula, and we chose, we were saying that this morning everybody was rushing to one side of the ship as the captain was calling out that we were passing an iceberg. Now, we passed in a couple of them uh, on Friday. In fact, one of them, um, I, I took a picture of Renata uh, all bundled up on the deck, and it was it was, looked like a like a big square wall out behind her, out in the uh, out in the ocean. The one that we passed today, though, was anywhere from I'm not I don't remember if the captain said it was four to six or five to eight miles uh, long and about three hundred meters high. Uh, I'll post a picture of this on Facebook a little later. But to me, quite honestly, Joe, when I was out there looking at this, I said to Renata, I said, you know, I almost feel like I'm looking out across the Hudson at the Palisades. That's how big this damn thing was, mm -hmm. and you could just imagine. And they, the captain, in broken English, he was talking basically in French, mm -hmm. uh, but he said, he said, can you imagine the volume of water that is involved with that system? And th this thing apparently just broke off Antarctica somewhere, and it's just floating, and it floated right past our ship. And, it's, and we'll probably be seeing more of those in the, uh, in the days to come. By the um, oh, God, I was just going to, I lost my train of thought. Oh. No, I remember. So I posted. Um, uh, JJ must have. Must, hold on. Oh, he, he sees a deer or something. Um, so I posted your picture that you took of the. JJ, JJ look, look. JJ, yes. deer. Look, look yeah. deer, JJ. Yay, yay. So I posted your picture of uh, the shot you had of. Um, uh, the uh, the petrol that photobombed your shot and uh, the other ship that was in the back that, that was in the background of the shot uh, and somebody some, somebody with a sense of humor made a Titanic reference and said is that the SS Carpathia? <laughs> well, I tell you the the Le Boreal, which is one of the uh, was one of the ships that's owned by this company um, of, of Ponant. Uh, that ship is is somewhat smaller than ours, 
And as we were watching, now we were watching it from the stern, from the front of the ship. We were watching that ship sail away to the north. They were going on a different track up into the totality path. You could see that the front of that ship, the stern was diving down literally into the water and then coming back up again. And, 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 and I'm saying, can you imagine being on the front of that ship? Because you literally would have been taken down into the water and come bang, coming back up. Uh, that, that ship really must have had a rock and roll time wherever they were going. Uh, but this ship is bigger. This, we're 30,000 tons. And when you compare that, Joe, to a lot of the cruise lines and cruise ships that are out there toting three, four, five thousand 5,000 people, a lot of those big ships now are on the order of 150 or 175,000 tons. So not just a baby, 30,000 tons. But uh, right. we, this ship has been especially designed to go through the ice. It's kind of like a miniature icebreaker. It, it is an icebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That it really is pretty cool. Now you know you're you you're approaching the 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 last days of spring there, and the first days of uh, of summer. So um, mm -hmm. you know the uh, seasons being in reverse, of course. Uh, and the uh, this is also the uh, mating seasons for for all uh, all the wildlife there so you should get some rather you know you're probably going to get to see the penguins in action and and uh uh the seals and uh, well the uh, leopard seals anyway uh so that's where you're going i see on the map you're kind of zooming in there correct yes it's it's a big cycle that they have up on the on one of the channels yeah they they, they so have that gives you an idea now where where we're at and um the the waves are still significant. Oh, maybe yeah. Let's just show real quickly what the waves are like. We are not allowed to open up our sliding doors. They lock them. Sorry about the fact that you may see the raindrops, but uh, in the rough period we had yesterday, the waves were so rough that they actually would crash up against the side of the ship and onto the windows, and that's why it hasn't rained here. It just all that window, all that uh, those raindrops or those drops, not raindrops, but splattering of water from the sea. And I, I, I don't know how well you can see uh, the turbulence out there, but it's it's a heck of a lot more rough if, than if you were taking the uh, Port Jeff ferry, Joe. Oh, <laughs> yeah that that window so, that that window shot kind of reminded me of my uh, little adventure on the hydrofoil from Capri. After I, had, I after after I had vomited a, a ninety minutes straight on the way there, doesn't do it justice. Yeah, that uh, we just we're looking here on the uh, on the delay on the delay, and I, Rana said the, the the view doesn't do it do justice. Again, if we were outside, I could point the camera you know further down, and you can actually see the rough surf or the rough waves on the side here. But um, again, we're we're confined here, not confined to our quarters completely. We simply can't go out on the uh, on the outside deck with a terrace if you want. Well, to you don't want to be yeah right. You don't want you don't want to be washed away. You don't want to be washed away in this, into the no, southern ocean. They went down. They opened you know the the floors, each balcony, and there's not a bad room on this whole ship. Every single room has a balcony. Um. So um. And it's not like Joe was is explaining. It's right. not like a huge cruise ship where there's inside rooms. It's it's only I don't know what is it about seventy feet wide. This this gives you 
I think this gives you an idea. Here's here's the bed. Oh, nice uh, room. Further down, uh, you, you can see off in the distance there. There's the uh, our doorway to go outside, and as we swing around here, there's the uh, the TV. Um, we could watch movies on the TV, or we could watch. We we could actually watch here. They have MSNBC and Fox News, so we, oh, God. we can get differing opinions <laughs> from the political standpoint of other. And uh, I just I just noticed, and I just noticed this morning, Joe, that um, on on the laptop here we were able to uh, pull in uh, CBS Sunday Morning with Jane Pauley, right? And uh, it was intermittent, but we were able to watch a. Uh, a piece that they ran about Lucy. I think this is the week that the Lucy movie is supposed to be uh, released. Yes, and uh, being the, being the, being the Ricardos with Nicole Kidman uh, playing uh, Lucille Ball. Right. Well, before we go, I'd be interested to know what the weather is like up 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 back in the good old United States. Um, well, we do have it, actually, interestingly enough, <clears throat> um, you know the. Uh, the gossip rooms in the weather world are posting maps of the GFS left and right, uh, showing uh, 10 to 20 inch snowfalls across uh, southern New England, uh, back into northern New Jersey and and uh, northeastern Pennsylvania for the middle of this coming week. And uh, there are, um, you know, anytime I've always said, even in the worst of patterns, you always get these little windows of opportunity, you know, we can call them windows of opportunity, uh, where uh, cold air tries to come in and it just kind of lines up uh, just right with everything else that's going on uh, in the atmosphere. And uh, yeah, uh, the um, we have one, one of those opportunities, Joe. First of all, tomorrow, uh, we've got a cold front coming with a south-southwest flow ahead of it and probably uh, some showers and maybe even a thunderstorm uh, late tomorrow afternoon into tomorrow evening. And then that front goes by and a little cold high builds in in, uh, in the St. Lawrence Valley. You've got another little wave that, that develops and moves eastward. And the GFS has been... Uh, uh, very, very much amped up. And this is something I've said, you know, talked about over the last couple of days with respect to this system. It's too amped up on the GFS. And the um, uh, the other, uh, virtually all of the other models are far less amped up. And, and I think that's, I, I, that's, that's, I think, where, where this is going. Um, maybe this winds up uh, being a situation uh, where somebody winds up with a, a slushy coating to maybe a, a, an inch or two. Uh, but you know, I'm just looking now at the new GFS, which is finally backed off. It went from, I'm literally, Joe, it, it went from giving like almost 20 inches in Boston. Now it only gives two. Um, and, you know, not that you and I are fans of the snow maps. We're not. But uh, the bottom line is that this was a very, you know, th this was uh, way too amped up on on the on the GFS model um the, the uh, other models uh, just not showing anything remotely close to this so other than that it's a relatively uneventful week and by the way even if it does wind up snowing uh, on Wednesday uh, you're going to uh, 
probably wind up seeing it washed away uh, with the, you know, generally ridging in the east and buffing in the west. Yeah, I, uh, we were discussing before we left, I, I asked Fernanda, I said, what do we do if there's like a, a 10 or 12 or an 18 inch snowfall? And she looked at me and with a blank stare and said, so? What are we going to yeah, do? Yeah, you know that? what? You just went, you've just been, you've just been to Antarctica. You just you know you're on a boat where you're getting sixty knot winds and you're worried about a you know a, a lousy foot and a half of snow. Well, for, first of all, I'm, I'm I would be concerned if that foot and a half were to fall, let's say the day before we were supposed to come back, because we have a very long driveway and uh, you know we try coming back, we we will probably have to. Uh, get dropped off at the end of the driveway because no car usually can get up our driveway unless we were out there with our snowblower clearing it. So if it happens like within a day or two of when we're supposed to come back, I'd be worried. But if it does happen, if we get 15 inches of snow, let's say next Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, who cares? Because as you just mentioned, it probably will be gone by, uh, by the time we're, we're coming back. We'll, we'll be back on, uh, on, the, uh, on the 15th. By the way, your sister... The 15th. Yeah, your sister, 10 days from now, your sister says, no snow Wednesday, it's my birthday, I want to go out for dinner. Yes, indeed. Yep, yep, it, it is her birthday on uh, on Wednesday. Happy birthday, uh, I just found out from my daughter, I had, uh, we'd made out cards for both my sister and her brother, her younger brother, and uh, I asked my daughter, I said, now make sure you're going to mail this, and my my daughter went off to Florida for the weekend and she, she'll be back tomorrow. I said, so did you mail the cars before you left? He said, no, I'll mail them tomorrow. And you know, of course, now with the way the mails are with Christmas cards and everything else, that even though she may mail it to my sister in the Bronx tomorrow, December the 6th, I, I doubt it's going to get there by December the 8th. So Lisa, if you're watching, we did make out a card for you. We hope that it would get to you by Wednesday, but Thanks to uh, thanks to our daughter Maria. Well, you may get a little late. You may get it before we we, we may be home by the time you get it. No. Well, you don't know, Mister DeJoy. We you know, slowed everything down. Children, children, children. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yes. Um. All right. So anyway, we're supposed to be heading down. We're supposed to be heading down. See, uh, where we are, it's one thirty, and uh, they are now serving lunch. And I want to get oh. maybe more uh, onion soup. Oh, go oh, ahead. Honey. All right, so 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 go enjoy yourself. I'm going to do a little more weather here, and uh, uh, we'll uh, <clears throat> we'll touch base uh, tomorrow or the next day or whenever you feel up to it. Well, as long as the internet holds out, yeah. like I said, it's it has been Joe. It's been driving me crazy these last couple of days. Uh, the fact that it's in, especially the night before the eclipse. You know, you're trying to get uh, satellite pictures, for example, on El Dorado, uh, which only, which provides the uh, view of Antarctica, or even some of the, and they're very big, Joe, you know, it's, maybe we ought to start using this on the air, windy.com, that's all they use here, and all the Europeans love windy.com, which I think had its origins in, in the Czech Republic, and they, they love it. Um, so maybe you might want to talk about that, or even maybe we could use spot weather from time to time. Sure. Because we've we've had to we've had to go our, we've had to go into the meteorological tool chest and find something that would adhere to Antarctica. We 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 can't use the NAM 
the North American no, model down you here. No, no, no. The Denam so, falls geographically short by just a handful of miles, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. So we'll try maybe tomorrow or Tuesday. All right. Let's let's do that. All right. So we'll see you in the next day or two. Renata, enjoy your kayaking. Folks on the chat board and watching the show, hang on one second. We're gonna do. I'm gonna do a little weather. I think I got enough energy to last another 15 minutes or so, and uh, we'll take it from there. All right. Have a good one. All right. Very good. And if we try this again next Sunday, maybe uh, Scott Brillo will come up with a special. Well, we've already done Antarctic, Antarctica Jeopardy. Yes, we Jeopardy. have. So, Scott, maybe there's something that you can cook up for next Sunday with Joe and Joe. All right. All right, so we'll uh, you 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 go go enjoy your lunch. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you the next day or two. Lunch is over at two o'clock, so we uh, we still have a half hour. All right, get going. Get going. All right, uh, Joe Reyes uh, just enjoying himself with uh, everything that's going on uh, with his uh, trip and. Uh, it does look like he's happy he actually did do it because when he was telling me about it before we even said anything on the air, he seemed a little bit out of sorts about it, but no matter. So I want to go back to what we, I was talking about with respect to this weather system here. And whenever we have, uh, <clears throat> even in what I would describe as uh, a horrible pattern for snow lovers, uh, even in the worst of winters, you always wind up with these these windows that open up for a few days where something could happen. And if you take a look here in terms of the upper air, and this is for this coming week, you have one such window. And if you think back over a couple of weeks ago, over the last over the last couple of weeks, I should say, hang on a second, folks. I'm trying to accidentally hit a button I should not have hit. So let's erase that okay so if you think back to um uh you know one of the one of the a uh, couple of the shows over the last few weeks it was just sort of mentioning the fact that in a pattern like this uh you look at the uh the jet stream pattern the upper air pattern and you you envision a situation where the northern jet gets a little bit stronger and overpowers uh, the southern part of the jet stream. And uh, that's ex that's pretty much what you're seeing this week. The problem is that, in terms of the GFS anyway, the problem is that uh, the GFS has really just kind of overdone uh, its uh, vision of this northern stream shortwave. And if you look at this run, I'll go back two runs. Let's go back to the one one of them from yesterday. Uh, just to give you a comparison, uh, let's go to the 12Z run from Saturday. So we'll go 24 hours ago. So if you look at the northern jet here on, on this particular run, uh, you'll notice it extends much further to the south, uh, down into, uh, into almost down to the Gulf of Mexico there, into Louisiana, northeast Texas, northern Alabama, and Mississippi. And then the upper Trump actually uh, on a, a few runs uh, – before the last couple, uh, I mean, you have almost a negatively tilted trough that's swinging up here into the eastern part of the U.S. That, to me, just seemed, I would just call that crazy overdone. Uh, 
Uh, and it's the reason why you saw the GFS do what what it was doing, where it's where it had this sort of amped up low, uh, developing off the Delaware coast and then running up into the Gulf of, of Gulf of Maine. So um, uh, you know, I, I I argued that 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 was just way overdone. And in fact, if we look at uh, the uh, view of today on today's run, uh, it kind of uh, gives you the the uh, that it, it confirms the idea that the amped up view. Notice that the southern end of the trough doesn't, you know, it was not nearly as sharp as you saw on the run from yesterday, going all the way down into uh, northern Texas and, and northern Louisiana. It's much broader, not nearly as sharp. And even when it approaches the East Coast, it's not nearly as sharp. So um, I, I just think that uh, it's it's too amped up. Um, if I had to guess, maybe there'll be a band of a slushy coating to maybe, maybe somebody winds up uh, with an inch or two uh, from, um, you know, in, in a band, say, from uh, northeast, uh, western Maryland, north, northernmost Virginia, uh, across Pennsylvania, northern New Jersey to southern New England, uh, and then and then out. I just don't see uh, this becoming being any big problem. And none of the other models, by the way, uh, are are on that page. I'll, I'll just pull up a couple of them here. Uh, for example, if we look at the Icon model, uh, also uh, when you look at the the, stat, the trough here on the Icon model, it's you know very broad. Uh, it's uh, nothing like what we saw uh, from the GFS a couple of uh, a couple of days ago. And then it just sort of moves along, just kind of slides there. Uh, from west to east, and as far as the surface is concerned, for example, <laughs> excuse me, this being the uh, <clears throat> the new icon, uh, and, and oftentimes the European winds up matching up uh, with the icon model, and you'll notice here on, on this model, I mean, really doesn't show very much. I mean, it's got a low that forms off the North Carolina coast. It's got a little band of light snow there on the northern fringe of the precip shield, and then the low just kind of slides out to the northeast and goes goodbye. Uh, and and goes goodbye. So I, I'm really not anticipating uh, this becoming anything other than what it is. It's a weak system. Uh, it uh, you know maybe it produces, as I said, a slushy coating to an inch or two in in some places uh, in the northern mid Atlantic to southern New England. And, and even if that's the case, uh, then uh, it, it's all going to go away because uh, the overall pattern in terms of the long range is just not really all that favorable, at least for now. So I'll widen out. We'll go to the uh, uh, North America view, and I'll put up the, um, the upper air here. So we'll start from 24 hours, which is uh, Monday morning, and you'll see uh, the... Uh, uh, kind of getting a little bit of a ridge there in the west and the general troughing in the east. It's an interruption uh, to the idea of ridging in the eastern part of the United States and troughing in the west. And, and that's what you're seeing here. You see there's a fairly large trough that drops off the west coast uh, around day 9, day 10, and pushes ridging up through much of the U.S. I mean, that's a very warm-looking upper air uh, for, uh, this is now Tuesday the 14th, 
and uh, you've got colder air up in Canada, but if you follow the flow, uh, it is, you know, your, your air across Canada is moving from west to east. Uh, the air across the United States has a, a, a southern uh, track to it, and that is also moving uh, from west to east, and your cold air is all, conf you know, confined to central and northern Canada, and you wait for an opening that maybe down at somewhere in the longer range, uh, it uh, tries to drop southward. Uh, that is, um, you know, you got to sit there and just be patient and wait for something to happen. In the meantime, I'm, I, I just backed up one run so that we at least we could take a look uh, going forward because uh, the new run isn't out far enough. But you still have ridging in the east uh, into uh, the weekend before Christmas. And now here we are on, on uh, Monday, December 20th. And interestingly enough, the trough in the west by the, at this point starts to move inland into British Columbia. <laughs> you, you also have um, higher than normal pressures building up uh, in uh, Greenland and Iceland out in the northern Atlantic. So there is um, a, a blockier look to things, let's say more of a, a, a negative NAO look to things uh, as we go into the week before Christmas. Uh, the question is getting this get, getting this western trough to continue to shift uh, eastward. You're going to want uh, you know some kind of vortex to eventually sort of find its way into Hudson Bay and maybe into southeastern Canada. Um, the uh, interesting thing to me is the fact that the uh, the flow in the Pacific has um, has changed a bit, especially in and around the Aleutians, going from troughing there, and then the trough shifts eastward and is replaced by bridging, but we're going to probably have to wait till the last 10 days of the month here to see any kind of uh, noticeable uh, ch changes in the upper air pattern. Uh, the NAO, uh, for what it's worth, uh, is uh, going strongly positive, uh, moderate to strongly positive, just a few members on the uh, two standard deviations above the mean there. Uh, then they all, you know, they start to get a little bit more they start to drop a little bit toward the end of the forecast period, and that's that that sign of that ridging that's building up uh, in Greenland and, and out to Iceland. And the PNA, the Pacific North America Index, uh, taking a look at that today, uh, is, uh, is now negative uh, and is actually going to stay negative uh, through the middle part of the month and then starts to trend back uh, toward the neutral line. So uh, that, you know, if we get that trough to come into the west, um, and continue progressing eastward, uh, that will allow some ridging to develop in the western part of the United States uh, as we uh, head to past, say, the 20th or 21st of, um, of December. Uh, I also just want to point out, at least from the standpoint of WPC, this is what their forecast uh, outlook is on their uh, winter weather outlook probability. Uh, this is from Wednesday into Thursday. Uh, so the uh, forecast uh, will change now. It'll go to the short range map, uh, which is after 72 hours uh, beginning uh, tonight. So we'll see what we'll we'll see tomorrow. You know what they what they're looking at here, uh, at least from the old run. Now they seem to give maybe a little bit of credence to the over amped up GFS to an extent, 
but uh, judging from today's run, I mean, it looks like it's really come off that over-amped up look. So the dark green is a uh, 30 to 50% chance of at least the equivalent of a quarter of an inch liquid equivalent of snow and sleet. So let's say roughly two and a half inches, uh, let's call it two and a half inches of wet snow, uh, between a 30 and a 50% chance uh, for Wednesday into Thursday, covering northern New Jersey, the Hudson Valley, most of Connecticut except the immediate coast. And you can see the 10 to 30 goes down into northern Virginia and down into Maryland and uh, even into southern New Jersey away from the coast. I tend to think, looking at what I've seen, that it might be a little bit overdone. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll wait to see what some of the other models are going to tell us as we, uh, as we move forward uh, later today. And uh, we'll take it from there. But I, I feel pretty confident from what I've been seeing so far that you know, my idea of, of, of this thing for Wednesday being just a little bit overdone you, you, you're kind of straddling a very fine line here when it comes to this sort of stuff in a situation like this, because you need it to be strong enough uh, in order to produce something in terms of precip, but let's call it precipitation amounts of quality. Of quality. Uh, but if it's too strong, then you wind up pumping the ridge up and you bring rain up through all of the coastal plain and it becomes something for, say, I-90 and points north. Um, on the other hand, if the north is too overwhelming uh, and uh, you know overpowers everything, then you wind up with a much weaker system uh, where you start to deal with the possibility that you're going to have very little in the way of uh, of precipitation out of this. So uh, I'm I'm just I'm not particularly excited uh, over it uh, from 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 what. Uh, from what I'm seeing. By the way, um, Pivotal Weather has just added the 6 and 18Z Europeans to its uh, subscription platform, uh, and I'm on that. <coughs> so uh, hopefully this week uh, we'll be able to take a look at that uh, and, uh, and use it. I can tell you from what I looked at on the overnight, uh, I'll bring it up here. Uh, on the uh, 6Z run of the European, uh, it uh, was not really, you know, it didn't really, not, it didn't really impress me. Let's put it that way. Uh, but you can uh, take a look here again. This is from Pivotal Weather. Uh, you see the uh, uh, the front uh, moving through. Uh, even the front for, for later tomorrow doesn't really look all that uh, impressive. We get into some cold air from. Tuesday into Wednesday, high builds up into northern New England. Uh, and then on the old frontal boundary, you start to get a weak wave. This is uh, Wednesday uh, at uh, 18Z. And uh, you'll see that low that's off the North Carolina coast, a little bit of snow there up in northern Virginia to Pennsylvania and northern New Jersey. Doesn't really look like it's anything to write home about because it's mostly light stuff. And then uh, the low on the last frame, because it only goes out 90 hours on uh, on this on this run um, east of North Carolina. Already, the precip shield has shifted uh, into um, southeastern uh, New England. So again, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not excited. I'm not uh, I'm not impressed. And let's see, you just want to really quick. 
You know, I'm just like always, you know, the European snow maps for what they're worth. I'm still just kind of maneuvering my way through all this. So let's see. Um, a regional. Uh, okay, come on. Really? Uh, let's see what they... Uh, what they have to say here. My expectation is it's not going to be showing very much. And yeah, I mean, look at this, folks. You know, if this is from the European from the overnight. We're talking fractional amounts here. Uh, again, big yawn uh, as uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, for, I, I'm really not going to expect to see this change very much over the next couple of days, particularly if the fact that the GFS was going to I, I thought it already had, had hung on too long to that amped up look anyhow. So that's how I'm seeing it uh, at this point. All right, folks, I'm going to cut. I, I'm going to bring an end to this because I'm kind of getting tired. Uh, and uh, for Patreon members, I'll be putting some stuff up as we go through this afternoon as uh, my as my energy level comes and goes. So hopefully I'll have enough energy that. Uh, I'll be able to do a few things. So look for there. Maybe I'll even do a, a, a weather in 10 video. Uh, so thanks for being here on this Sunday. Hope your weekend was a good one. And I uh, hope your week ahead is a good one. I just want to get, uh, <clears throat> I just want to get better. And it's a very, very slow. Abdominal surgery is difficult. And it, uh, this recovery, recovery period is very slow, especially since I've been, pretty much sick for the last month plus with, with this infection. So uh, it's just taking, it's, it's, I got you just, I, I have to be patient and just give it time. Oh, all right. Uh, have a great day and um, we'll see you. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing we'll probably wind up doing a show tomorrow. If Joe's not around, I'll do a solo show. Okay. So have a, uh, have a great day. Have a great Sunday.